We are in week two of our anthropology series. And so in this series, we're looking at manhood and womanhood. And last week, we looked at God's design for this, and what we looked at were the differences. And the reason why this this series is important is because the lines have been blurred here for manhood and womanhood. And I believe any time there's confusion or any time there's blurriness about relationships in, in direction, our hearts should be to seek God's word, to see what God's truth says about this. Because God's word will bring clarity to this. And so last week we looked at it, it was God's plan to make man and women, and they are different. There's differences between man and women. But when you continue to read through Scripture, it's incredible to see the gift of man and woman. And when they come together, they complement each other as equals. And that's all a part of God's design. And today, we're going to be looking at biblical womanhood. So here's what I'm going to do today. I am going to be able to express to you everything that I know about womanhood. (laughs) Hey, thanks for coming. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. We're going to close out the service. Yeah, I've I've been married 30 years this November. I still haven't figured her out. I had three boys, so I didn't have the opportunity to learn anything about womanhood by raising daughters. And so I'm just going to say amen to that, but also extend grace. If I come across that I know everything about womanhood, believe me, that's not my intent. My intent is to look at who does know about womanhood. We're going to look at Proverbs 31, so if you have a Bible today, you can open it up. But any time that we don't have wisdom or or perspective, we can go to God's Word and we can talk about God's Word, because I have been impacted by women in my life. My wife for 30 years, I have a wonderful mother, and you know, those relationships I value, and there were other godly women in my life that were able to communicate truth to me and you know, so I will have some of that perspective. But I also want to say that this is a conversation worth having with our children. So parents, if you are in here and you have kids with you, hopefully you were able to talk about God's design of man and women and how we are different. Yeah, there's similar things that we experience, there's similarities, but God made us different on purpose. And today I hope that We have a better understanding of a biblical womanhood, and tomorrow we'll pick on the men as we look at manhood next week. But this PursueGod.org slash anthropology at the bottom of the screen, you know, these are great, this series, the messages are great starters for conversations for you guys to have at home, for you to have with your mentors, for small groups to come together and talk about this. Because I do know that this topic is not going to be received by everybody. We're going to be looking at God's truth because of how society has blurred the lines. But here's what I want to say. We want to keep this in a loving conversation. Why? Because we want to reach people for Christ. That's the heart behind this. We want to reach people for Christ. So if there are disagreements on views about topics, it's more important to understand we need to do this in a loving way because we want to reach people. Like, we can't save people, but God uses us as instruments to help people to him. So our responsibility is to love on them, to point them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit does the convicting and the changing of the heart. Jesus, the one who went to the cross and died for sins and gives us life. Our responsibility is just to have conversations and point people to our Savior. Why? So that they can be in a saving relationship. 
So anytime you approach this topic, there can be differences, but just remember, if you are a follower of Christ, we need to do this in truth and love. If you just focus on the truth, you're not going to be effective. And if you just focus on the love without truth, you're not going to be effective. Those things complement each other. And in order for us to be effective at reaching people, we have to know and love needs to be the leading force with truth, truth as we are pointing them to Jesus. And so I, as we look into Proverbs 31, I want us to kind of set the tone for today. And I love this. Well, this is more the, the, the message for today. The biblical picture of a godly woman combines strength and servanthood. And Proverbs 31 provides the classic example of this. And so we're going to be looking at this strength and servanthood. And I don't know what characteristics you think that women should have, but we're going to dig into God's Word. We're going to let Proverbs 31 speak to us this morning. And two of them are on the screen right now. It's kind of bookended with strength and servanthood. But again, the tone of today is this. I love this in Proverbs 31, verse 28, because this is what we're celebrating. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. All right, so children, if you are sitting in church with your mom this morning, good job. Good job. That's awesome. Do you spend time blessing her? Kids, do you bless your mom? Husbands, do you praise your wives? Now, I'll be the first one. I'm a son and a husband. And the reason why this is so important, because I don't think we do very well at this. Proverbs 31 Verse 28 is talking about celebrating the women in your life. And that's what we want to do. We want to celebrate the young women. You know, I think of Kids Church right now. The young women that are going to display some of these characteristics, because many of them are old enough to have been baptized in our Kids Church ministry. I've been a lead pastor for the last 13 years in Layton, and I think of many women, young ladies, young girls, that displayed some of these characteristics that we're going to be talking about. And when we see these characteristics in our children, and specifically the young girls and women that are with us this morning, we should celebrate these characteristics that we're going to be looking at in Proverbs. Husbands, you should praise and celebrate your wife and the characteristics that we're going to be looking at. Now, as we dig into this, we're going to be looking at five marks, five characteristics in Proverbs 31 about womanhood. And I just want to say to the women in the audience, this isn't a list of rules. Like you might go, oh boy, here's five things I'm failing at. Well, there might be things that you need to pay attention to. That's how God's word challenges us. You know, I can't read any scriptures and think about, man, I am doing that excellent. Man, I have that all figured out. But there's always room for growth. And that's what God wants to see from us. He wants his word to penetrate into our hearts so that we start living it out. And so these five marks, five characteristics, Proverbs 31, this chapter, is titled, A Godly Woman of Noble Character. So let's look at these five characteristics that's so important for womanhood. And mark number one is strength. In Proverbs 31, 17, and ending with verse 25, it says this, She is energetic and a strong, hard worker. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Now, I'm just going to read some. I encourage you to go back and, and read the entire chapter, Proverbs 31. 
But it says this in verse 14. I'm just going to read a little bit. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect the field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. There's so much more there that I'm leaving out because of the other points about her household and just the responsibilities that she has there. But you can see from Proverbs 31, God's picture of womanhood, that she is strong, that she has strength, that she is up early, that she's working hard, that she doesn't sit idle as the morning comes, that she addresses the day with vigorous, we're going to read other scriptures about how vigorously she works. Now, this was written thousands of years ago. This is in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, women did not have very many rights. But yet, this is God's truth about womanhood. And the first characteristic that we're looking at is this woman in Proverbs has strength. She is not sitting idle. She's just not allowing the day to go by. She is heavy in her commerce, in her community, and even within her own home of the responsibilities that she has. Now, culturally speaking, if we were to write that about many women in this room here this morning, it might not talk about making her own bedspreads, maybe. But back then, you know, you had to work the land. You had to do um, a lot of your own responsibilities of making bedspreads, making clothes, and all, everything that goes into that. But today we could look much different. So I also want us to remember that culturally things have changed. But this is a mark of a godly woman of noble character. And that first one is strength. But I love how it finishes. And it says, and she laughs without fear of the future. You know, it's encouraging to see that someone can come to a place of comfort and as they look forward into the future there's no worry there's no angst there's no anxiousness so again this is a mother a wife she's not worried or concerned about her kids she's not worried and concerned about her future but it is a godly woman she is in a relationship with god and when you're in a relationship with God, God says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And our power comes the minute you put your faith and trust in Jesus as the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Now you have the power of God dwelling in you. The reason why this is so important, so women, moms, if you are worrying about your kid's future, if you're worried about your future, that can lead to stress and anxiety and there are just responsibilities that we can do. And, and at this moment, God says, you know, come to me. Paul says, don't worry about anything, but in all things be prayerful. There's wisdom here of God's role to be able to take the burdens, but also to know that God is in control. The almighty God, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the one that is in control. And there's comfort in that. 
Because sometimes we try to do too much. And, and that can lead to worrying. And we take on this burden and these other responsibilities that we just don't really have control over. But knowing that God is in control, that you do have the power and the strength of the Lord flowing in and through you, is very important for this first mark, strength. And that's why, with confidence, womanhood means that you can laugh without fear for the future. Because you know that God is in control and God has it. And you're going to trust in Him and you're going to turn to Him. Philippians 14 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Women, you can do all things through Him who strengthens you. So that's Mark, the first Mark, strength. Here's the second one, compassion. Verse 20 in Proverbs 31 says this, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. And I love this, the subtleties of, of the text when, when you're looking at this because it's one thing for your heart just to break for somebody. And it starts there, that your heart breaks for someone, whether they're in need, whatever the scenario might be. But it says she extends she extends herself. She wants to engage. She wants to put this compassion into action. That she wants to help. And it says, and she opens her arms to those who are needy, to those in need. You know, I went on a walk this week with my wife. And I said, okay, honey, point two, compassion. What's the difference between men and women on this? Help me, help me understand this a little bit more. And she starts, she goes, well, it's just in your everyday conversations with the people you engage with. Here's a man's conversation. Hey, have you seen that new speaker wire? Oh, it's awesome. You got to check it out. Hey, did you see the game last week? Yeah, we won. Feeling good, huh? Yeah, see you in two months. <laughs> she goes, women, and women do do this better than men. Not all. There are compassionate men. But women, they call, they're engaged, they know their friends like doctor schedules. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so sorry that you have to experience that. And then they know the details of the kids. How was so-and-so doing? I know that was causing a lot of stress in your life. The last verse about worrying, right? Women are engaged. And they go beyond the surface level of 4K televisions and speaker wire and sporting events. And they get down to the, the root of really having compassion and feeling the weight that their friends are carrying. But here's what I want to say. This is one where I say I have seen compassion in our kids' church ministry more in the young ladies. I raised three boys, so I can say this. But over the last 13 years, this is a characteristic, yes, that I will see in young women, very young women. And I love it. And if that's your daughter, I think this is something that you want to celebrate because this, having compassion for people, is so important. This kind of falls in loving God, the greatest commandment, loving God and loving others. This is that loving others. And you can see that on display of, of young girls at times that they just have a love for people, for cats, for dogs, whatever, however that compassion comes out. I got to see this in, in Haiti I led a trip seven years ago, and it was incredible to me when we got into the community, we kept, you know, experiencing kind of the same thing. You know, this witch doctor, this witchcraft that exists in Haiti is real, and these witch doctors, they kind of make up these compounds, 
And so they have a lot of wives and a lot of kids, and then they leave. And so now he's no longer there to help provide. And I remember the team, and there was a lot of women, a lot of moms on the trip. The very first time we went to the church service and afterwards, how they were broken in, in tears. Now, it, it broke my heart, too, because it was the same prayer request. Every woman, I have no way to provide for my children, pray for me. And you heard that over and over. And then you, the children were there, and you can see. And the women on the trip just had compassion. Their hearts were just broken, just completely broken for these kids. And they just wanted to reach out, and they did. I mean, the, the moms there, they just engulfed these kids, and they held them with loving arms, kind of that open arms. And then, you know, you start talking, and there's way, ways to sponsor these kids, but it was the women on the trip that you could just see the compassion just outflowing from them, and that is a beautiful gift. And so, man, this is something we probably need to grow. I know I need to grow in this compassion. And maybe you are a woman here, and you're like, yeah, I don't really have that compassion. Maybe I need to really focus on that and seek God's heart for compassion and how he wants me to be compassionate to people. But I do want to celebrate the compassion. I want to celebrate the strength in the women that God has put in our lives, and we need to celebrate those who have compassion. And here's Mark 3, wisdom. Proverbs 31 says it like this in verse 26. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Her words are wise. So again, this is written thousands of years ago. And what God's word first is communicating here is that women have value and women have wisdom and women need to be heard. Back at the time this is written in the Old Testament, they couldn't even testify in the law of courts. But God's word is always communicating truth that women have wisdom and women need to be heard. And so what that means from my perspective as a husband and a son and, and as, a, as, as a man, that I need to remember to be teachable from the women God has put in my life. And I love how it goes on a little bit on how to give instructions, women, with kindness. Now, if anything's going to sting from this verse and be challenging, that's probably the one that's going to be challenging. And I want to read this verse in Proverbs 16, earlier in Proverbs, verse 24, it says this, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. You see, bees make honey. But I know there's some women in here, men too, that rather than focus on what bees manufacture, they focus on the stinger, which is not giving instructions with kindness, but it's giving instruction that wants to cause harm. I've been guilty of that. My wife has been guilty of that. We talked about that on the walk. But it's so important that this is where you speak truth and love, that they have to complement each other. And remember that honey is that, that healing salve that can bring healing to the body. So if you have something to share to your husband, men sharing to your wife, remember to do it in kindness, to speak that truth in love. One of the most influential people in my life is my Aunt Nella. And she passed away a few years ago. She raised two pastors, and one of her daughters married a pastor. So it, her influence of a godly woman, she displayed Proverbs 31 as close to anyone I had in my life. And I can remember she was visiting once. 
And I was getting ready. It was a Saturday night. I was 18. I was not walking with the Lord. I wanted nothing at this time to do with the Lord. Didn't want anything to do with church. And she's staying over. And she said, Jared, I want to invite you to church tomorrow. And it's like 7 o'clock. I'm getting ready to leave the house. I was going to be out till wee hours of the night. And I was like, how am I going to break my Aunt Nella's heart? Like, what am I going to say? And I said, Aunt Nella, I, I, yeah, I, I just, this, this isn't going to work for me. And she goes, that's okay. She just smiled with love, and she loved me. She was more like a grandmother to me. And she goes, Jared, but remember this. So I was listening, and she goes, you can come up with a thousand reasons not to go to church, but just remember this. There's only one reason to go. And I didn't go. <laughs> but it's amazing. That was just one conversation that she spoke truth and love with me. She knew that I wasn't walking with the Lord. And she used like this simple invite. She probably knew that I was going to say no. But she spoke truth and love. And this is a, a godly woman. Like my Aunt Nella was incredible. Her faith in God. But she modeled so much of what we're talking about here in Proverbs. She had compassion for everybody. She was a strong woman. She had such strong faith. And she had incredible wisdom to share with me and it's amazing how I look back years ago now, looking back, because I'm 51, so I'm in that season crowd now. And I'm looking back, and the impact, her subtle words of wisdom, how that impacted my life and how that's now impacting my ministry. Because I listened to her, and I had an open opportunity to be teachable by the women God has put in my life. Because women, you have incredible value. Your husbands need your wisdom. Your kids need your wisdom. And so that's Mark 3, wisdom. Here's Mark number 4, attentiveness. Proverbs 31, verse 27, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. So I want to just go back to that video. I mean, that video is a great picture of what moms mean to families, and it's not always well-behaved kids. It is a whole lot of multitasking. And I just want to say thank you moms, thank you women that are in this position and you're multitasking. Now, it could be having a career and also being very engaged with family matters that are going on and trying to balance all of that. But here, I want to acknowledge the stay-at-home mo stay moms, and if you think that is an easy job, you are wrong. You are wrong. That is hard. That requires strength. That requires dealing with that video eight hours to nine to ten hours a day, especially when kids are at home. Now you're a homeschool teacher. Like, it is incredible how moms multitask, how they pay attentiveness to their household. I am so grateful. I am so grateful that my boys have Paula as their mother. She is the one that crosses the T's and dots all the I's and all the paperwork that kids have to require for school and everything that goes into that, all the scheduling, their schedule. She manages their schedule. She manages my schedule. She reminds me because she knows I can only do one thing at a time. And so I'm going to forget and if I'm focused on one thing and I'm in that zone that I can't really handle anything outside of the lines here that I'm focused on, I'm not going to remember. She challenges it 
she challenges me daily on this. She says, put it, put it in your calendar. Okay, well, then will you read my calendar to me? Like, I'm, it's incredible how women can multitask and how men are usually narrow-minded, focused on one thing, and I know that this is a weakness of mine, but it is a strength of my wife. And I'm so grateful because to manage the household takes a lot of work, takes a lot of energy, and there's so much that goes into that. And so for a lot of you women, this is in your zone. You, you are connected to this. If it's not, allow God to work in your life. Here's the last one, servanthood. The last characteristic in Proverbs 31, 11 through 12, it says, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So in week one, we talked about the differences and how when they come together, they complement each other. You know, this is obviously talking about marriage, but it is a beautiful picture of God's truth and God's word of how two become one. And I love that there's this servanthood heart from a wife, from womanhood, it is about serving. This is also same for the man because we know this from Jesus. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And when he, before he had a meal with his disciples, he did the lowliest thing that you could probably do, but it was expressing Jesus' heart of servanthood when he washed the feet of his disciples. And for women to understand that you come and you serve your husband. And it says this, when you have this healthy relationship of manhood and womanhood, this is the outcome that her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. Husbands, to understand, your wife will enrich your life. She will add value to it. She will complement it. But so often in marriage, we, we start butting heads and we're at war with one another. But what Proverbs 31 is saying, when you really just submit, again, we'll get to manhood next week, Women, when you submit to God's desire and will and direction in your life, that you will enrich your husband's life. And I'll say this, he doesn't call every woman into marriage. But there's still this enrichment that you offer in relationships, in your singleness, if you remain single. There is still this enrichment that you can offer in friendships because of the value that God places on womanhood. Now, it's interesting if you notice as we've gone through Proverbs, and if you go back and read it, there is never a mention of her appearance. That this is all rooted in her characteristics, her character. Because this is what brings true identity to a person's life. It's this. When you, th when you think of womanhood, your identity is strength, compassion, wisdom, attentiveness, servanthood. Now, beauty is nothing to be negative about. Charm is nothing to be negative about. But those are not elevated above a godly person's character. And where the world starts to blur the lines is they make identity about these other things that aren't really valued in Scripture like what we're looking at today. 
And I want you to know, women, as you leave here today, that these characteristics are what your identity is in. It's because your identity is in Christ. I want to close with this. Proverbs 31.30 says this, Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Young men, if God calls you to marriage, go find a woman who is trusted in Jesus, who puts Jesus first. Young men, go find a woman that's in a relationship with the Lord because she is a picture of these verses and of these passages of of what we are looking at here today, and she will be greatly praised. Her identity is in Jesus, and then as followers of Christ, we model the same characteristics that Jesus modeled for us and women to understand that. And for all of us as men to celebrate the women in our lives, the young, middle, the seasoned crowd, today is a day, especially the moms, is to celebrate the women that God has put before us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful. We're grateful for your truth, Lord. And I just want to say, Jesus, thank you for your truth. And on a topic that can be devices and cause division, Lord, I pray that you would bring unity, that you would bring people together over it. That womanhood is is amazing and manhood is amazing and it's all a part of your plan, Lord. And I just want to lift up all the women, the women who are here now in the service and the, the young ladies in our kids' church ministry. I think of our fusion ministries, Lord. I just want to lift them up to you and praise you for them. And I pray that they would understand the value that they bring to the relationships, Lord. And that they would model strength and compassion and wisdom and attentiveness and servanthood, Lord. Just like your word communicates. And I pray that your word would challenge us, challenge the women here, Lord. Maybe there's some women here that are leaving here saying, you know, I need to really be intentional on that characteristic or this characteristic, Lord. And I pray that this would be just an amazing week of reflection for them and an opportunity to grow closer to you, that you would work in their life on whatever characteristic they really need to focus on, Lord. And I pray as a church, Lord, that we would be equipped to have these conversations, to help point people to you, their Savior, their Lord, their Creator, and that they would see the value of any time there's confusion, that your word can bring clarity, Lord. And I pray that would happen here, Lord. So I pray for anyone who doesn't align themselves with your thinking, Lord. I pray that you would allow the relationship to form so that they can sit down and speak love and truth together, Lord. To really hear the perspective and to be able to be challenged with it. Lord, you are amazing. And I just pray that we would leave here with this conviction to seek you, to allow your strength to work in and through us as we point people to you. We love you, we thank you. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.